You are listening to the Called by My Name podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be called out for Christ. What does that look like? And I mean, what does that really look like? Like in everyday scenarios, in everyday encounters, in everyday experiences, even in everyday topics and discussions. Let's talk about it. What up, you guys? It is your girl, Gloria, back with another episode. How are y'all doing? How are y'all feeling? (sighs) Thanksgiving is over. I feel like Thanksgiving looks so different the more I get older because I'm like, man, like my oldest brother, he is married. He's been married. And now they have a son, which means I have a nephew, which means I'm an aunt. (laughs) And my other brother, he's also getting older. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like being a man, you know, being an adult, doing what he wants, leaving the house what he wants and traveling and different things like that. Um, And even for me, like getting older, you know, I don't live like in my hometown, live in my own apartment and different things like that. So it's like, Thanksgivings are looking so different, but it was good. My Thanksgiving was really good. How was you all's Thanksgiving? I hope it wasn't too awkward. That's the thing about Thanksgiving and the holidays. Like, I feel like the holidays are such a beautiful time, but I feel like it brings so much shade from other people. (laughs) Like, people just do not understand boundaries or do not understand how to read the room. You know what I'm saying? It's just like with Thanksgiving and with Christmas, it just brings like those questions like, so where's the degree? Or like, so where's the husband? Where's the wife? Like, why haven't you done this? And just so much shade. And I'm just like, I feel like sometimes we have to put such a front because we don't want to be disrespectful and don't want to. And also people just really do not understand um, the concept of there's a time and a place for everything. And certain times and places are not the time and the place for the conversation. So, but nevertheless, I hope you all's Thanksgiving um, was good. Mom was really, really good. It was nice to see family. And um, yeah, it was just nice to see family and like see everybody together. Um, hopefully next year, I love to travel. You guys know, like I really, really love to travel. So hopefully next year um, I can spend Thanksgiving and the holidays um, somewhere else or like, you know, visiting some family that I have that's not in North Carolina um, and stuff like that. So, but overall Thanksgiving was good. Um, so I know you guys, <laughs> you guys can probably already hear it in my voice, but I'm just, I'm just so over what is happening in the world. And like, it's not even a joke cause it's actually not funny, but, um, it's so crazy and it really, really baffles me the world that we live in and our reality and our normal, you know what I'm saying? Um, so there's just so many shootings before I even get into the elephant in the room, which is the Shanquilla Robinson case and murder in situation. Um, cause it, it wasn't a fight. It was a murder. That's, that's just straight up what happened. Um, before I get into that, I just even want to touch on just other shootings that have been happening, um, and murders that have been happening, um, other than the Shanquilla Robinson case, Um, Recently, there was a Walmart shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia, killing six people. Um, And that was that was very, very scary because, man, I feel like we just can't go anywhere without being targeted or we can't go anywhere like feeling safe anymore. Like it's like we always have to 
look over our shoulder. We always have to, I mean, it's important to always observe your surroundings and be aware of your surroundings, but it's like, my God, like we can't even go in, go in our own house, go in our own bed. We can't even go to work. We can't even go to church. Like y'all remember that shooting that happened at, um, God, I forgot the church, the church's name, but it was like the temple of Emmanuel, um, somewhere that shooting that happened that killed so many people, um, in that church. Like we can't even go to the store, like just random, like necessary places that we need to go. Like, it's not even like we're going out to the club or going to now, mind you, no matter where anybody is, no one deserves to die. Whether somebody is in a crack house or whether somebody's in a church, no one deserves to die and nowhere that you should you go, you you should be targeted nowhere. Um, But it's just crazy because it's just like places that we actually have to go to to live and to survive like shootings and killings are happening. So that was one of the shootings that have recently happened, like the Walmart shooting that was in Chesapeake, Virginia, killing six people. And it's very eerie because um different videos have been surfacing and this one specific video that um the killers uh one of the employees at walmart which was also the killer's employee like their um co-worker she posted a video that she made um with him in it the day of the shooting the night of the shooting um and so many different details and and things are going around but long story short basically it was um i believe it was the night shift for walmart and um, it's very, very, very uncomfortable because the shooter specifically waited until everyone was in the break room. And also what even makes this even harder is that the shooter was actually a manager. <laughs> like the shooter was a manager. So he waited until everyone was in the break room um, and they were about to have their staff meeting before everyone deliberates, you know, and goes into their respective places um, and department sections to start the night and to start the shift. And then he just begins to, he walks in the room and just begins to shoot. Um, If you look up different uh, videos and um, people that were even um, employees that were working that night, like they were even saying that um, when they had the chance to look into his eyes as he was shooting, he wasn't aiming at anyone specific. Um, they just saw this very blank look on his face and he was just shooting. He wasn't aiming at anybody, but he was shooting. I don't, I don't care who he, I mean, I actually don't care. Like what's wrong is what's wrong. Not saying that they were justifying, but I'm just like, it's it's crazy because it's like, people still don't believe that when it comes to, uh, people that, allow themselves to be used by the devil to do these senseless acts, not even just shootings and stuff like that. Also rapists, also child molesters, also um, uh, just like different things like that, like people that operate in perversion and in pedophilia and all these different things like a sex trafficking. It's like people don't people still don't believe that there's a spiritual thing that is going on. Yes, it is also psychological and physical because let's not be too spiritual where we think that like, oh, well, nothing of the physical, you know, comes into play. It's a spiritual thing. Right. So it's whether doors that you open or whatever. But it's also um, it's also a physical thing, too, because also what comes into play is your environment, how you grew up, how you how you how like how you grew up and saw violence even or not even violence, but conflict resolution being played out because not everybody 
like uh, grows up in an environment or grows up in a household where when it comes to two people having a disagreement, okay, let's sit down and have a conversation. Some people are like, no, so what we gonna do? We're gonna meet outside <laughs> and you bring your crew, I'm gonna bring my crew. We just gonna shoot this thing out and see who falls on the floor. Like that's that's a real thing, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's both spiritual and physical, but it most definitely is spiritual. It most, most definitely is spiritual because like what even comes to my mind is even like R. Kelly. Now there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of things I can say about that whole situation, but there was this one interview that he did um, with Gail King where he just had this whole emotional outburst on camera saying like, you guys don't understand. This is not me. This is not me. Now, there is no remorse that I have for that man. <laughs> like there is no sympathy. I pray he finds Jesus. Um, but that's about it. Um, but a part of me, when I see that clip of him saying that, a part of me really believes that like, when he was in that mode of literally um, materializing women and objectifying women, something came over him spiritually. I totally believe that. Did he, did he have to physically agree with it to allow it to take over him? Absolutely. He has total play in this. But like, I really do believe that it's a spiritual thing. I really do. Um, but another shooting that happened recently, which was very, 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 very heartbreaking, which was the three uh, UVA University um, of Virginia football players that were killed. Their names were um, Laval Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. Um, this was really heartbreaking, you guys, because they were they were so, so young. Um, and if you guys listened to my previous episode, um, then you heard when I talked about, uh, takeoff and just how it's becoming a new normal to see not only death on social media, but specifically, uh, black men being senselessly killed and being senselessly taken like prematurely from this world. Um, so this really, really, uh, was very, very painful. Cause I know like when I, I didn't do any sports in college, but when I was in high school, you know, growing up, I did gymnastics. And when I was in high school, I did cross country and competitive cheerleading and my brothers did football, you know what I'm saying? And, um, they did different sports. So it's like, this could have been any of us, you know, and there's just so many different things. Um, so many different stories that are circulating around it. The killer supposedly was an ex football player. They were coming back from a field trip. And people that were on the bus who survived and they recall the situation, they said that um, the killer looked at the three players and they were just like, I'm tired of you guys making fun of me and different things like that. Um, And he shot them and it wasn't just like a bow, bow, one, two. It was like, I'm going to shoot every bullet that's in this gun right now. Um, so that, that's just really, really heartbreaking because they were so young. They were incredible, incredible at football, had a bright future ahead of them and just being snatched away. Um, and I feel like y'all, I know like we talk about like gun violence and stuff like that, but what we really got to talk about is black on black crime, bro. And how, like, I understand how we're just like, okay, like, you know, um, People of the, uh, you know, people are other counterparts, like Caucasian people. They're trying to kill us. They're trying to, you know, racism, stuff like that. And all of that is very much relevant and true. But at the same time, 
why do we even worry about them killing us if we're killing ourselves? Like if we if we taking each other out, like you taking your brother out, you taking your sister out, like you taking your cousin, your mama, like we ain't got to worry about them taking us out. We taking ourselves out. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's painful because it's a black man that looked another black three black men in the face and killed them. For whatever reason, whether they were bullying, whatever, like it's it's just it's so sad because it's like and this is why I say we have to keep talking about emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence and toxic masculinity among men, among people, but specifically among black men. Because it's 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 looked to as weak when you say, bro, you know what? I don't really feel like talking to you right now. Um, so I'm gonna just walk away or dang, what you said to me really hurt my feelings and I could really do some stuff to you, but I'm gonna just walk away and I'm gonna just let cool off before I have this conversation with you. Like that's seen as weak or even coming to coming to a brother and saying like, yo, like, can we have this conversation? Like that's seen as weak, but what's, what's seen as strong is like, no, like we gonna pop off and we just gonna, we gonna fight this out and you bring your people, I'm bring my people. And like, we just gonna fight this out. Cause that's just what it is. And I'm just like, that's, that's not, that's not cute. Like, that's not cool. Like, that's childish. That's childish because you do not know how to channel your, to, to feel your emotions because God has given us emotions. God has given us emotions. They are valid, right? And certain things that happen to certain people are very traumatic and it can make them feel like, you know what? I really want to hurt that person that did that to me. But at the same time, I feel like if we just, Man, I don't know. Like, if we just continue to speak on emotional intelligence, continue to speak on how to walk through your emotions, how to go to therapy. Like, if we just talk about that, like, more people will, it will become the new normal and it won't be like this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, like, girly thing to do or whatever. But that's another shooting that happened. Um, and also, another shooting that happened, um, unfortunately was um a shooter went into an LGBTQ plus club in Colorado Springs, um, killing five people and injuring um twenty-five. Now, I'ma just touch on this briefly. The church loves to to loves to stay quiet when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community and we don't want to say things about certain people. And it's very funny because God's called us to love all people, but when it comes to this community, um Supposedly, we just forget to talk or we just forget we don't even know how to talk or we forget to address certain things or we turn our nose to certain things or whatever have you. Um, you know, and of course, the, the Christians in the church are, uh, you know, believers in, in the church are not saying anything. But one thing about this podcast that I am determined to do is to um, open up conversations for us to talk about what's happening in the world, but also to find Jesus in it. And to really ask, what would Jesus do um, in real life, current situations? Because I feel like when it comes to some people of the church, you know, we are so end time focused and like, oh, God's going to come tonight or oh, he, he going to come. Y'all see that cloud? Or, you know what I'm saying? And like, yes, he is going to come back very soon. And none, and none of us know the time, day, place. We don't know any of that. But until then, 
we are here. <laughs> so there is work that needs to be done, right? So if we're, and yes, like hear me, the Bible is life, right? The Bible is what our life centers around. But if we only just talk about the Bible and we don't address or even connect or correlate what's happening right before our eyes and correlate and connect it back to the Bible and back to the word, because the word will forever be relevant and the word forever is our foundation and forever is our reference point. How do we like who, who do we expect to save? Like who do we actually expect to reach when we lose touch with what is currently happening in the world? And if we even think about the Bible and even think about like these big men and women of God that we look to, Esther, John, Paul, you know, Peter, Noah, David, all of these people that were so big. Um, you know, Elijah, prophet Isaiah, different things like that. Like when we even look at those characters, we're reading stories of what they did in their current time. They walked with God, but they made impact on the earth in their current that that's why we have a story to read because <laughs> something actually happened from them aligning with God and also doing something within the earth whether it's operating in obedience so whether it's Noah and he believes God he's listening to God and he's physically building an ark and he's able to save the animals and save him and his family and their wives like that is that is listening to Jesus having having a a relationship with him but also doing something within the earth <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i feel like we just can't be so like oh end time Jesus coming back focused because he is coming back and the end times are a thing. But, you know, we've been saying that we're in the end times for about 100 years now. So, you know, what I'm saying so it's just like it comes to a point where we really have to um, not be afraid to talk about what's happening. Because, yes, pray for pray for the world, pray for those that don't know Jesus. But most importantly, speak on things that they're speaking on speak on things that are troubling their hearts speak on things that is probably the reason why they don't like God speak on things that is probably what's um really messing up with their mind and and making them want to commit suicide speak on what is happening speak on what people are talking about you know what I'm saying so that's I mean that's a whole conversation in itself so I say all that to say <laughs> that with the LGBTQ plus community um this really broke my heart because I don't really care, you know, uh, um, oh, you know, like they're not supposed to do that. Yes, we know what the Bible says. Yes, we know that certain things are a sin. Yes, we know that. Yes, the Bible is black and white. I am not negating it. The Bible says what the Bible says. God says what he says. And that's just what it is. Right. He made marriage for man and woman. That's just what it is. But does anybody deserve to die? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I I don't care um, your history. I don't care your sin. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're going. No one deserves to die. No one. When I encounter an LGBTQ, and, that, and that's the and that's the converse. Because let's talk about it. Like that's the conversation. Because. A lot of LGBTQ plus community people are a lot nicer than half of the Christians out in this world. If I can just be honest, you know what I'm saying? Like they actually love people. They, they, you know what I'm saying? They actually love all people, no matter what source it is. Like they, they love all people. So it's like, 
no one deserves to die. So I say that to say that like this whole shooting in the LGBTQ plus bar uh, was very, very sad. And there's some people that are like, oh, well, they should never been in the bar. Um, let's just be careful to not use our words, um, to not curse other people and ourselves. Um, and lastly, a shooting that even happened locally to me in my city, um, the mall got shot up. So that, you know, like y'all, this is becoming very close to home for real. Um, it's, it's very, very sad. And like, it's really interesting because I remember, um, I believe it was like last year, my brothers, um, I have two older brothers and I remember that they got into it about gun violence and about should Christians own guns. And I mean, this topic can be an entire episode all by itself, but I'll briefly touch on it. Um, the situation, my brothers, they on one. So one of my brothers, he was just like, no, you know, oh, that's the thing. We were talking about police brutality. And if a police would stop you and he is pointing a gun at you, even though you're not resisting, you're not doing anything. What will you do? Will you fight back or will you allow them? Would you surrender and eventually possibly get shot and killed? One side was like, oh, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm fighting. Like, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with, you know, I'm going to go out with a bang. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fighting. Like, you ain't going to take me out, especially if I'm not resisting, especially if I'm not doing anything to you. And you are still throwing me on the ground, doing all these things, pointing a gun at my head. I'm going to fight. The other side was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to surrender because whatever happens, I'm a trusting God and I'm going to do all these things and stuff like that. And whatever happens, happens. I'll trust in God. And when it happened, when when they were like talking about it, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, this is stupid, y'all. Let's stop talking about this. Let's just trust in God. And, you know, hopefully that will never happen. So I believe that um, being oblivious to the reality of being black in the United States um, was wisdom or was what God wanted. So now that I want to say like now that I'm older, even though it's been like oh, just a year, but <laughs> Now that what's happening in the current world is happening, it really gives you a different perspective um, on the whole thing. Long story short, um, I was speaking to one of my uh, brothers over Thanksgiving break and um, he was just like, yeah, like I really want to get my license and I really want to own a gun, not to just use senselessly. But when I get older, I have a family to protect. And it's interesting because even the brother that was just like, no, I'm a surrender. Don't use guns. He now has a son. And he's just like, bro, I'm gonna get my license too, because I have a son to live for. I have a son to to stay alive for, for, for me to see him get older, for me to see him um walk, for him for me to see him take his first steps, for me to see him say dada, like for, for me to send him off to prom, for me to teach him about girls. Like I actually have someone to live for now. Um so it was it was just very interesting because I feel like, you know, sometimes we can be so stuck in our ways and we we really think that like um, we don't really believe in evolving and we don't believe in our decisions and even our beliefs and even our stances and opinions evolving. You know what I'm saying? So I know for sure me, as I get older, um, getting my license is looking very much um, coming up very soon. <laughs> um, because when I get older, you know, and I have a family and I have kids and stuff like that, like I have people to protect, you know what I'm saying? Like now hear me. Am I about to be like, oh, rah, rah, rah. no, 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 no. But God forbid, if if my kids are in my house and you show up to my front door 
doing all of this stuff, having a gun to my face, doing, and I ain't doing nothing to you. And, you know, you're trying to senselessly do whatever you want. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with a bang. That's just what it is. Like, because I have, I have people to protect. And that's the thing. I feel like sometimes we can be like, oh, well, no, like, we don't want to know, you know, we don't want to use guns. And that's true. We don't. Like, we gun violence is, is, a, is a conversation and it needs to be talked about. But I believe that. It's okay to protect yourself when it's necessary. So when it gets to a point, you know what I'm saying? I believe you should protect yourself. So, um, and also the last thing, wow, I did not know y'all I'm talking for this long. I haven't even touched on Shanquilla Robinson's situation, jeez. But it is crazy, y'all, because I'll be like, you know, the episodes aren't going to be long. God's just like, please. But the last thing I want to talk about before I get into the Shanquilla Robinson situation is that... When we even look at these mass shootings and these killings, a lot of the kill- killers are men. Not all, right? Not all, because there are some female uh, killers and, and murderers and stuff like that. But for the most part, a large per- percentage is men. And this is why we need to continue to have conversations and really talk about loving our men and really encouraging them to open up their mouth and speak on what is troubling them speak on what you are mustering up inside because a lot of times when it comes to our emotions and we keep it to ourselves more times than not we are navigating our emotions in a toxic way that is not healthy to us right so and it's interesting because I was even um, on TikTok and I saw this uh post about this um this guy, he said that like, we don't really talk about intimacy for men. And we think, okay, intimacy for men, you mean sex. And that's the problem. (laughs) Because we believe that men are only worthy of love or intimacy when it is sex. But we don't really believe that men deserve the intimacy of a conversation men men don't deserve the intimacy of a hug men don't receive the don't deserve the intimacy of of let me hold you real quick like we don't we don't believe that right like we just think oh the only love y'all y'all need is sex now mind you men you know what i'm saying women are to emotions as men are to sex that's just how god's created us so let's not get weird um so they're probably not gonna reject the the, the sex offer but (laughs) like as far as um, intimacy that heals, right? And that really grows somebody and that really shows them that they are safe. We don't really talk about that. So I believe that all of this needs to be a conversation um, for sure. But let's get into the real reason while we're here. All right. So Shanquilla Robinson. Now just fair warning and just a um, discretion. This story is very disturbing. And, um, you know, if you are triggered by uh, violence, by fighting, by death, um, gruesome death, murder, you definitely, you know, listen to your discretion and listen to, you know, with wisdom. Um, But going back to the main reason why we're here, Shanquilla Shanquilla Robinson, let me say her name right, Shanquilla Robinson. Um, First, what I want to do, normally what I like to do when I make episodes like this um, that to spread awareness, I want to first start with the facts of the situation before I go into my thoughts on how I feel. So, um, Shanquilla Robinson was a 25 year old girl that lived in Charlotte, which is, uh, yeah, that this was crazy. Cause Charlotte is, um, like a couple hours from me. So yeah, that's, that's wild. 
Shanquilla was 25. She's a Charlotte NC relative um, who arrived in Cabo um, with six other friends, quote unquote. Um, and in less than 24 hours, Shanquilla is found dead or she is dead. She's pronounced dead. Now, um, the family was told by Shanquilla's friends that she died of alcohol poisoning. Now, let's just backtrack. Yes, she dead. She's dead. Um, she died and her friends took it upon themselves to leave her body um, in their resort or in their Airbnb, whatever, wherever they were staying at, um, hop, take her things, right? Take her things, um, hop on a plane, go to her mother's house. It wasn't all six of them that went. I think it was, uh, I think it was actually her best friend. Yeah, it's crazy. Her, her best friend was a part of the ones that killed her. Interesting. Um, they went to their mother and went to her, her family and say, yeah, she died of alcohol poisoning. Now, this is wild to me because even if she died of alcohol poisoning, wh- like, why are you so nonchalant about it? Like, why are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you so nonchalant when you left your friend's body in another country and you're standing in front of me right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, nah. So, uh, yeah, her friends said she died of alcohol poisoning. Her family, um, specifically her father, was not convinced when um her father when her body arrived back in the u.s um she had bruises on her face now mind you just a little backtrack um when the friends came back i'm gonna call them the cabo six because that's what everybody's calling them and i really don't really care to say their names on here because i don't want to give them any type of attention um nor publicity (laughs) that's not needed in this situation um but the cabo six um after they arrived back in the U.S., Shanquilla is dead. Supposedly, she died of alcohol poisoning. Um, during this time that they're like alcohol poisoning, an autopsy an autopsy is being performed on her body. So, they're, so the doctors are trying to figure out what actually happened. Um, so um, I was watching a video of her dad really recalling the whole situation. His name is Bernard Robinson. And um, he was saying when her body arrived back in the U.S., she had bruises on her face. Um, he specifically said, I cried like a baby when I opened that box, saw her there. She had a knot on her on the corner of her head. Her lip was split and her eye was swollen. Deep down in my heart, I knew it wasn't alcohol poisoning. Um, so that's what he said. Uh, the autopsy reports came back and reported that Shanquilla's neck had been broken and her spinal cord was cracked. Now, this is when stuff hits the fan, right? And I'm saying stuff because I don't want to you know, say other words that I want to say. But um, yeah, so when the autopsy reports came, everybody's like, broken, cracked spinal cord and broken neck and alcohol poisoning what is actually happening right because those type of injuries are injuries that somebody gets like when they fall off of a cliff or they fall off of a building or like they experience a like like forced trauma and and an impact that's like severs their spinal like it's your spinal cord like your neck, like that is bone, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of, like there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> makes up your spinal cord. So for that to be severed and for that to be cracked, there's some some major trauma and impact that she went through in order for that to happen. 
So a lot of people, her family's like, okay, you saying she died of alcohol poisoning. Why is her neck broken and her spinal cord is cracked? Alcohol does not break your spinal cord. It doesn't do that. Um, so, you know, everybody's, their family's just like, whoa, 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 what is happening here? Like, what is going on? And specifically when her father even described her body, like she has knots on her face, her lip is bruised, her eyes is swollen. Alcohol doesn't do that. Like alcohol poisoning is something that happens internally. It's nothing that you can see outwardly. Like it's not a physical beating that happens to your body. It's an internal thing. But so her, her father's like, what is going on here? Why does her body look like this? And her spinal cord is cracked and her neck is broken. So while all this is raving around, a cell phone video, which I really hope that you guys even have heard of this whole case, um, that I don't even need to say this. But if you don't, I definitely want to educate you guys for sure. I don't want to, you know, blame you guys for not knowing this. But please, 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 please educate yourself and do not turn your face to things that happen in the world, even if it's uncomfortable for you to watch. Now, I'm not saying, you know, watch that video of that person dying or watch that video of blood being on the floor. No, 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 no. But just simply, you know, look to trusted sources um, as to what happened so you know what people are talking about. So um, there's a viral cell phone video that uh, so yeah, cell phone video that came out that was posted online (laughs) that showed Shanquilla in a room uh, naked, completely naked, being physically assaulted and beaten terribly, senselessly by this girl um, named Dijanae. Now, if y'all have seen the video, um, Shanquilla is naked and she is getting brutally uh, beating, like like beaded, like straight straight jabs to the face, head, neck. Like the girl that's hitting her, Dijanae, is obviously bigger than her, um, and she's getting getting thrown around. And it's very, 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 very uncomfortable because it's like when you watch the video from the corner of the video's view, you can see the line of like the other friends in a line literally having all of their phones out recording this. And it's 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 particularly uncomfortable because Shanquilla is not fighting back. And one of her friends, aka murderers, because that's what they are. They're not friends. They're murderers. Um, said one friend said, um, and I quote, damn Shanquilla, at least fight back. And she said, no. So she wasn't, she wasn't even trying to fight back. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like so many different things are surfacing so many different things. You know, he said, she said at the end of the day, she's obviously in a very vulnerable space because she's naked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter why she naked, you know, like why she, who, who cares? Like, regardless she's in a vulnerable space right now and you guys are brutally beating her like how humiliating is it like you getting beaten not even just getting you know you getting beat but naked like in in front of people like that is embarrassing right so her dad when once the video surfaced her dad watched the video and questioned like why no one stepped in for his daughter, right? Like he said, and I quote, he said, that was my only child. I loved her. Um, and I cannot believe um, somebody would hurt her like that. My joy is gone. I can't even be a grandfather. I can't even walk her down the aisle. I can't even hear her voice. I will not let my daughter die in vain. Um, and a few more videos have resurfaced. Um, supposedly another girl um like i said i don't remember her name don't care to remember her name another girl there's a video that surfaced supposedly of another girl um i believe she's light-skinned out of the six 
out of the Cabo Six that is seen beating her. And um, this is the girl that is believed to have been the one to choke slam Shanquilla. And because of that, Shanquilla never got back up again. Um, and there's another video. This video was very, 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 very uh, uncomfortable to watch. Um, even more, uh, it was even to me, it was more uncomfortable to watch compared to even the video that went viral of, of DeJanae uh, beating Shanquilla. Um, this video that surfaced um, recently it's a video that Shanquilla actually put on her Instagram story. Um, and so basically in the video, she is walking around her, their Airbnb house, hotel, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. They were, and I'm saying that y'all, cause I just have, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I feel like a lot of people are, are trying to get distracted. Like, like, oh, like, why is she in this? Why are they at Cabo? Why is she this? Can we please pay attention to the bigger picture of this entire situation? Okay. So in the video, um, she is uh, walking around. She's holding the camera and she's basically just like, it don't take that long to get naked, you know, where y'all at? And it's very, very scary because obviously you can tell that based off of what she said, she probably is naked. And supposedly, uh, I guess like it was an agreement that her and her friends were going to get naked to go skinny dipping or whatever. Um, and it's very, very eerie, y'all, because like when she's looking for her friends, they are nowhere to be found like she's going through the whole place opening doors she can't find nobody until she goes through the back and then that's when you hear them talking again and that's when you you she goes into the room and everybody's dressed mind you and she's the only one naked supposedly they agreed to go skinny dipping but she's the only one naked and it's very I don't know it's just it's just very sad to even hear her voice because she was laughing and she was just like you know what are y'all doing like you know what I'm saying laughing and joking um just to just to like find out that they literally were plotting her demise and plotting her murder because you I mean you, you don't even have to you know what I'm saying like it's not rocket science to see that video and know that something is up. Like as she was looking for her friends, they literally were hiding in another room. Like that's what it was. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's the facts of the situation. You guys, um, Shanquilla Robinson, she obviously was murdered, um, clearly by her friends. Um, so many different, even still to this day, different videos are surfacing. Um, so many different things are happening. Um, even some of the friends uh, that were on the trip, the trip, the Cabo Six, some of them are even saying certain things. Some of them are being interviewed. Um, but that is the gist of the whole situation, right? A girl um, who decided to um, agreed upon to go to Cabo with six of her friends um, did not come back alive because of them. So I kind of also wanted to give a current update as to what's going on or what has happened, what is being done, you know, because of this. And um, now, mind you, because the murder happened in Mexico, the ball is completely in their court. Um, it's up to the Mexican officials and Mexican authorities to decide what eventually happens to the Cabo Six. Um, so Mexican authorities have issued an arrest warrant for Dijanae Jackson. Um, Dijanae, she was the one that was in the original video of when Shanquilla was naked and, and beating her senselessly. Um, so um, they have issued an arrest warrant. Um, 
and U.S. officials are working with them to make sure this happens speedily, quickly. Um, Winter Donovan, that's actually the girl's name, who is believed to be the one that choke slammed uh, Shanquilla and is the reason why she never got backed up. Um, Winter Donovan, um, she said in an interview that Shanquilla and Dijanae got in an argument over something that Shanquilla had done. Um, she literally said, when me and my girls get in a fight or we get in a disagreement, we just going to fight it out. That's just how it works. And that's the problem. Like, no, sweet. That's actually barbaric and that's actually immature. Like, that's not cute. Like, that's not like, and it's crazy because I was even like, when I was really looking at this case, y'all, and I was really even really like, looking at the facts and even hearing what the Cabo six is saying and how they're just like, Oh, like it's just a fight y'all tripping, whatever. We didn't do anything. I even remember me like growing up, like I never got into a fight. Right. So growing up, um, you know, growing up being immature, I always actually wanted to get into a fight. Cause I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm strong and I really want to see how I can hurt somebody. I'm, I'm serious. Like that was an actual thought in high school. Um, and I remember when I would even watch shows like bad girls club and, and real housewives of Atlanta and stuff like that. Um, and would watch that and even like, you know, try to get angry and try to like muster up some anger to see if I can like, you know, like mimic what the girls are doing or stuff. like I'm, I even would watch bad girls club to see how to fight like okay she swung her she gave her a right hook while she was down so let me do that you know and just I mean it was it was crazy it was really really crazy um and I thought that was cute because I thought you know I can defend myself I can you know somebody says something off to me I can defend myself and I can you know we, we can get it popping but it's like now I'm like yo like it's like the older you get, the more you know people are crazy. So it's like, if you got a problem with me, <laughs> if you don't want to talk, then I ain't trying to talk. You know what I'm saying? Because people are crazy and people are clearly pulling out guns over the most smallest things, craziest things. Um, but yeah, so when I was just like looking at this case, I was like, man, I even remember when I was young and I would like, it was like a like a rush, like a, a thrill that came over me when I would like watch people fight because I was, I was always so interested to see... Um, how I would fight, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so that's one of the updates that happened. So Winter Donovan, she was like, you know, when me and my girls get in a fight, disagreement, we fight. That's just how it works. Um, and Shanquilla's best friend that was on the trip, quote unquote, best friend, um, a video uh, surfaced. And this, I mean, it's like the, the videos just keep getting like eerier and eerier. But um, a video surfaced of Shanquilla being passed out in a hammock. And he said in the video, we got our first dead body, 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 body. She threw four. Like, that's literally what he's like. You can clearly hear that is what he says. Um, so that is very disturbing. Like, we have just become so desensitized to death and to killing people and believing somebody is worthy of death. Like, we have actually become numb to it and that to me is one of the scariest things about living in today's generation how we actually have lost uh lost touch with the value of life and the seriousness of death um we've actually lost touch with it so um, one last update that happened is that um Dijanae, the girl that was um the girl that is 
an arrest warrant has been issued on her behalf um, to her, for her, um, to take her to Mexico and let's just get this thing going, right? She put on her IG story. I don't know specifically when this was. Like I said, y'all, there's just so many different screenshots, stories, interviews. So it's hard to kind of pick out what is true and read different articles. Um, but DJNA did put on her IG story some time ago, I think two weeks ago or so, whenever. Um, she specifically put, and I quote, I'm not going to jail for a fight. Everyone fights. That probably, that probably is the thing that pissed me off the most because it's like, sweetie, pack your bags, <laughs> like pack your bags. And I feel like, you know, relating this back to the church, a lot of times we can feel like, oh, well, God can forgive. Absolutely. I, I genuinely, I genuinely, truly honestly pray that they find Jesus and that they find God. I, I seriously, I really, really hope. And the truth is y'all, Jesus died for their sins. So once they confess him as their savior, they can, they, they turn from their wicked ways and they confess their sins. Then they're forgiven. They're forgiven. Absolutely. But I also believe that God is a God of justice, right? So, um, Remember how I was talking about like how my brothers were kind of having a disagreement and a conversation about um, police brutality. What would you do? And should Christians own guns or should you fight back? Um, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as we should always advocate for peace and we should always um, never want violence to happen. But I feel like we really need to stop equating wisdom with being oblivious and not educating yourself on what's actually happening. Like we really, we cannot, we, we got to stop correlating silence as wisdom. Yes. The Bible says be slow to anger and be slow to speak. Listen, absolutely. But I believe there are a lot of times that we are supposed to use our voice led by Holy spirit at all times. But there, I believe there's a lot of times that we need to use our voice and use the mouth that God has given you, right? Is that's the thing. If, if we don't speak on anything, y'all, how do we possibly, how do we possibly believe that change is going to happen? Like, can we please go back to the Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror? If you want to make it, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at the mirror and make a change that that's facts. Michael was speaking facts in that song. It starts with us. You want people to talk when you scroll on social media, you wish for a healthier timeline. What are you posting about? When you go to your job, you wish that people will stop gossiping. What are you talking about? Are you adding to the conversation or are you trying to change the conversation to a healthy way? Like, that's a real thing. It's like we can't, we can't, we can be wishful and hopeful, but if we are not doing anything, it's nothing, right? So lastly, before I tell my thoughts on the situation and wrap the episode up, um, many women have came forth, um, to actually relate to this, to this, uh, whole thing. And many women have came forth saying, yo, like I even recall a time when I went to a trip and, and, you know, a friend told me that, yo, they actually are trying to jump you. So you better not end up at this place at nighttime, or you better leave now, or you better stay back, or you better not drink. Cause they're going to catch you when you're drunk, you know, all this different stuff. Like, there's a lot of women that are coming forth. And it was interesting because one woman, one woman, she brought up pretty privilege. 
Now, a lot of times we think that like, you know, and there's even, I mean, there's so many different people, y'all. And that's the thing about like when it comes to like viral situations and and, uh, things that happen, there's like when you look on Twitter and when you look on social media, it's like you see different comments and things from like across the spectrum, right? Because there's even people that are just like, well, you know, she has pretty privilege and this is what happens when, you know, you be overly confident, which I mean, which is, is probably one of the most stupidest things I've heard. But if we're going to talk about pretty privilege, it is not a privilege, right? And the fact that pretty privilege is even a word is even sad because if only us as women can be confident in our own unique skin and to believe and to know that what makes beauty beautiful is the uniqueness of it and the beauty of it. Like, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not cute when we all trying to, we're going, I mean, I, you know, I know people don't want to talk about this, but like, at the end of the day, it's your body's your body. You can do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like we can talk, we can advise, we can, you know, shed light and shed wisdom. But at the end of the day, everybody has freedom to do what they want with their body. But of course, we do believe, we do know that our body is the Lord's, right? But if we believe that beauty is only when we are going to a plastic surgeon and, and showing up, you know, and, and showing them a picture of Kylie Jenner and saying, I want to look like that. I want to be beautiful like her that is a problem like that that is an issue right because we mistake beauty as uh looking alike and and looking like the same thing and being carbon copies of of a person and and just being carbon copies of each other that's not beauty beauty is what makes you unique and if we're even going to talk about pretty privilege and 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 whatever Pretty privilege actually sucks and it's actually deadly, clearly, from the Shanquilla Robinson situation because I truly believe that jealousy and envy is what ignited this whole act. Um, But also, like, when you're pretty, it's uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like um, men are... Some men choose to be forceful with you and, and catcall, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, hey, yo, girl, like, what's up? And you keep walking. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? You, you have the mindset, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to add fuel to the fire. I'm going to just keep walking. What if he follows you? What if he touches you? What if he grabs you and throws him in his trunk, throws you in his trunk? You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're under pretty privilege, quote unquote, because like I said, I, I do not, I really don't even want pretty privilege to be a thing but if we are going to keep saying like oh well it's pretty privilege and and y'all are lucky because y'all have pretty privilege if we're going to talk about pretty privilege it's not a privilege it's actually deadly and it's actually very scary to have it um but those that do have pretty privilege they are the ones that are targeted for rape and sex trafficking like when you're quote-unquote pretty or under quote-unquote pretty privilege people either take you as a person as a show for them or a show to them or something that they believe they have ownership of so i want to get into my thoughts on um this whole situation because i mainly want this episode to just be educating you guys because um that's what we don't do (laughs) you know as a body of christ we do not talk about certain things and we don't, um, we believe that if we talk about it, it's like devaluing our salvation or whatever. Um, I don't believe that's true. I believe that um, if we don't talk about it, who who do we expect will, right? In a godly way that we know, only we know should be done. So here's my thoughts on the whole situation. At first, I want to talk about the importance of having discernment with friends. Now, 
I feel like some people have been ignorant and they're just like, a lot of people have been saying, well, this is why you shouldn't travel with people. This is why you have to be careful with your friend. This is why she should have known. Why would she travel with this? And why would, it's, it's really crazy how somebody can be murdered and we still think it's appropriate to open our mouth and bash her as if her being dead is not enough, right? Now, I, now what people, what some people are saying in that light, I do agree with you most definitely should be very wise with who's in your circle. Absolutely. Um, you should have discernment. You cannot travel with anybody traveling when you're, when you're traveling, you're in a, when, when you are traveling with somebody and when you are, even when you're sleeping over somebody's house, like it's a very vulnerable place because you are at your weakest, like you're easily to be targeted. Cause when you're traveling, you are being taken from your, your hometown, right. Or, or your, city that you live in and taken from those that, you know, where you probably have friends, family, coworkers, uh, mentors, pastors, people that cover you and protect you and often fight for you when you're in trouble. You're taken from that and going with another person to a foreign land or to a different land that is not your hometown or is not a land that you stay at. That's a very vulnerable place. Like I even remember growing up, my parents, I mean, of course I'm Nigerian, so a lot of things are different from American culture, but I remember growing up, my parents, I I wasn't allowed to sleep over anybody's house until I was in high school, I want to say. Like literally, like when I was in high school and that was a church family friend that my parents were extremely close with. Um for years before I could even sleep over. And it's, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, gosh, like, you know, mom and dad, you guys are being so tough on me. Like, I don't understand why I can't sleep over so-and-so's house. Like, you guys know her. Why are you guys tripping? Why are you guys so paranoid? But now I see it because it's like, you people are crazy. And you cannot trust and believe that the same household that you build up for your kids and your family is the same household that other people are building up in the same environment that they're also orchestrating too. Um, so I'm saying that to say that I do believe that a lot of what people are saying regarding like, oh, you shouldn't travel people. Yes, that is true. But when we say like, oh, well, this is what she gets. Let us not be ignorant, y'all. Like, because I don't believe that Shanquilla was like, oh, they're trying to kill me. Let's look, let's get on a plane to Cabo. Like, I don't think she said that. Like, even if she peeped, mm, something's not off about that Dijonet girl. Mm, something's not off about that Winter girl. Something's not off. Something's something's off, um, per se. Something's off about that Winter girl. Something's off about that Dijonet girl. Something's off about my best friend. What's happening? She probably was like, oh, it's in my head anyway. Let's just go ahead. Let's have a good time. That's something that any of us would do or any of us would say, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's a real thing. So, so I just want to speak on that and I just really want to debunk the ignorance that's really highlighting in that area. But I also want to debunk the guilt that comes over, that tends to come over us when we decide to distance ourselves from people or we decide to cut people out of our life or we decide to say, Hey, you were, you were supposed to be with me for that season, but just not the season that I'm in right now and moving forward. Like there's a lot of guilt that goes on. This even reminds me of the um, episode that I did on boundaries, how a lot of time we believe, a lot of times we believe as Christians, like, oh, we shouldn't have boundaries. Or, oh, we should love all people and, and we should never shun people. Yes, you're right. We are called to love all people. We are called to, to welcome all people. But as far as having people in your cl- close circle and having people that um, that you allow, that you welcome into this uh, vulnerable space with you, 
you can't let anybody in your space, man. Like you can't let anybody in your circle. If we want to take it back to the Bible, a lot of these men and women of God didn't really have a lot of friends. They had very select, they, 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 a lot of people knew them. Yes. They probably had a lot of, um, um, acquaintances. They probably had like a lot of people like that, but as far as people that they walked with and as far as people that they actually did life with, it was very few. Cause even remember like, uh, David and Jonathan, we only know Jonathan was like David's close best friend. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure David had probably other friends and, and people, you know, even when he was king, people that, you know, served him and stuff like that, that were cool with him. He probably related with, you know, had a good time, whatever, whatever. But as far as close friends, all we know is Jonathan. So um, we just really have to debunk the guilt that comes with like distancing yourself from people like there's this saying that says um show me who you are and i'll no show me who your friends are and i'll tell you who you are that is real whoever's in your circle has influence over you and that's the thing like we believe that we control we we can control how much influence people gives us yes we can have boundaries yes we can unfollow people yes we can block people yes we can um distance ourselves from people yes we can you know whatever but I feel like we feel like well you know the way I do is the end all be all like that's fine we can be very ignorant to it like influence is not a thing that it's not like when somebody's influencing you you can see fairy dust that's connecting between the person that's influenced you connect you know on your body like that's just not what you see like influence is a, is a spiritual mental psychological thing so we cannot be ignorant with what we allow in our circle or with what we allow um in our ear gates and eye gates because the, the bible talks about very clearly to guard your ear gates and eye gates and i feel like god's very strategic when he talks about that because god's like no matter how anointed you are no matter how anointed you are, no matter what I've called you to do, if you allow the wrong person to speak in your ear or if you allow yourself to see certain things that are detrimental to your purpose and detrimental to your character, it will com you will completely forfeit your purpose. You'll completely forfeit, you know what I'm saying, what I have for you. And I feel like a lot of times, like when it comes to like certain friends that um, we know aren't good for us, they tend to be like, uh, long, like long-term friends, like childhood friends, like, oh, you know, me and her been homegirls since we was out the womb, since we was young, since we was in grade school. That's true. But like, we really have to stop value. We really have to stop measuring the value of somebody um, and, and the impact they have in our life based on history in the past. Like we really have to stop doing that. We really need to start measuring that with the value that they're bringing to our life at this current moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, what value are they bringing to your life today? Like, right now. I don't care what they did. I don't, you know. And there's probably beautiful memories you guys have for each other. And that's the thing. Like, seasonal friendships are a thing. Seasonal relationships are a thing. Like, I really believe that there are relationships and people and friendships that were just for a season. That was just for you to... um Learn more about yourself. Learn more about that person and what they need help with. Or learn more about the good that you see in them that you need more in yourself. Like different things like that. Like I truly believe that seasonal friendships are a thing. And I even like, I even remember like when I was in college and there was these um, group of girls that, that were like my college friends. And, and, you know, we were always together. And that's the thing about college. Like um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of like you're forced to have a clique or you're forced to have friends or whatever. But it's like with these girls, like we were uh, voluntarily friends. Like we were, you know, friends all throughout college. And I remember when um, when it was close to our senior year and even more so when we graduated, stuff was just very different. Like we were all going our separate ways. And at this time, I was really, really all for Christ. And I was just like, yeah, like I'm not doing that. What I used to do. I'm not smoking. I'm not. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. Um, I'm not smoking no more. I'm not drinking no more. I'm not partying. I ain't really trying to twerk on nobody. Like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I ain't really trying to do that. Um, and they still wanted to. So it was frustrating because it's like, well, I'm not going to forfeit the growth that I made <laughs> with God with whatever y'all want to do. Um, and because we were just at two different points in our lives, we just didn't relate. And we naturally just fell off naturally and there's no beef there and that's the thing i we really have to stop we really have to another thing we have to debunk is really like um how there needs to be drama when it comes to you uh outgrowing somebody or even when it comes to you just distancing yourself from somebody like it doesn't have to be drama centered it's just like you know what like we just we just aren't close anymore and that's that and that should be suffice that should be okay um but we just have to like really, really know that like who's around you has an impact on you, whether you like it or not, right? Like who's around you has an impact. And I'm not saying that we should be, you know, paranoid and say, oh, well, let me just cut everybody off. It's me and God. That's toxic. Um, God has called us to uh, be in community. He's called us to be surrounded by people. But the test of it is using the wisdom, godly wisdom that he's given unto you um, to know how to navigate friends and know how to even navigate different things. And I feel like to me, like one of the hardest things is even navigating or setting boundaries with family, right? Because family, it's not like friends or, or acquaintances where it's like, well, you know, I only see you here. So I don't, you know, that's it. Or, well, if I cut you out of my life, that's it. That's the end all be all with family. They're in your life forever. And at the end of the day, God is God has um, brought you forth through a family for a reason and through a culture for a reason. So it's like even with family, like you can't be extreme and be like, well, I'm going to throw y'all all away. No, God's, you know, God's called you to love your parents, respect your parents um, and different things like that. Your siblings, um, but use wisdom and set boundaries. And it, it may be uncomfortable to navigate through that, but it's just what's needed. You know what I'm saying? So, um, just, just be careful y'all with, with, with the friendships that you allow, like be careful. Cause it's like friendships are right to me are like right under, uh, intimate relationships and marriage. Like, because when you're when you're truly friends, that's another thing. Like we 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 toss around the word friends so much, and we toss around like oh sis and bro, you know yada yada yada. We toss around it so much, and it's like real friends. That's a very intimate place. Like when you are actually friends with somebody, that's a very very intimate place. You know what I'm saying? Like that really really is intimate. Um, so just just be careful with who you allow in your who you allow in your space and different things like that. Um, and I also want to talk about like just adult friendships. So <laughs> with adult friendships, I feel like to me, I feel like adult friendships probably out of adulting, out of like the the obvious like hard adjustments, like paying bills and, and you know, realizing that money does not grow on trees <laughs> and all these different things. One of the hardest things to adjust to with adulting, you know, everything that comes to adulting is that friendships look different. Like friendships, adult friendships look very, very different from childhood friendships and 
college friendships and not even just, oh, the maturity. Like, okay, well, you know, now that we're adults, we talk about different things. When we're kids, we just talked about shows and social media and, and, you know, who you like and I like, whatever. But more so just how, like, when you, with adult friendships, you don't talk to those people every day. And that's normal. And to me, like... I don't know. I guess it's it's the performative mentality in me and people pleaser that's in me. That's just like, no, I have to be in your face 24 seven or I have to I have to show myself in you that I'm worthy enough to still be a friend to you or I'm worthy enough to have you in my life. But like um, adult friendships are different. Like you probably catch up with them like once a week, if that like you, you guys meet up probably once every three weeks, three months, right? Because now you guys are grown. You are making big boss moves. You're making, you know, big girl, big boy decisions when it comes to your career, when it comes to your job, when it comes to you moving location wise, when it comes to you starting a family, marriage, kids, as you get older, you know, your parents get older. Some people take their parents even under their wing and start to be a caretaker. So there's so many different aspects and moving parts when it comes to adulthood. So to put friendships on top of that, it's very, very, it's very, it's going to look different. Like adult cliques of like 20 people doing everything together at the same time and always together. That's not real. Um, I know we watch shows like Sex in the City and we really, really cling to stuff like that. Or like Tyler Perry shows, um, Sisters, like we watch that. And especially like the show I love, Girlfriends. Um, I know we, we, we really, really want that. But a lot of times that's just not real, right? It's really, really hard to, if anything, you'll probably find like a handful of people. But as far as like having a whole clique of adult friendships, like it's just going to look different. So I say that all to say that I say all that to say that um, we really have to be careful to not allow ourselves to expose ourselves to being a dangerous situation just because we're trying to hang on to what we see on TV or hang on to what it's supposed to look like or hang on to what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like we can really find ourselves in the wrong situation because we're trying to force something to happen or force something to be there that's just not there you know what I'm saying like if those friends don't want to grow with you it's time for you to go like if they don't want to grow you need to go like that like that's that's probably the quote of tonight if they don't want to grow you need to go seriously and that's not being selfish that's not we really really have to stop um really uh, using the word selfish for being wise and, and putting yourself first and, 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 and caring for your temple, which is not only your body, but also your mind and also your ears, also your eyes, also, you know, your speech and different things like that. Like, um, we really have to stop thinking that that's being selfish. Cause it's, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like we really have to debunk like how, separating yourself from somebody has to be this drama filled thing and like this whole thing or whatever like it's just like you know what I'm saying if we distance if I choose to distance myself from you you know what I'm saying and we have a conversation if Holy Spirit leads to have a conversation because that's another thing a lot of times closure can be an open door can the church say amen (laughs) closure can be an open door okay At the end of the day, you need to be led by Holy Spirit. If Holy Spirit is saying, okay, it's time for you to walk away, um, have this conversation with this person, voice voice only what I'm telling you, um, and then leave it at that, then you do it. But if God's like, I have 
taken you out of that. And I want you to leave it at that because I want to speak to them about what happened. And I, and I want to be their God. I want to be their father. I want to be their friend in this situation. I want to be their God. I don't want you to be their God. Then I don't need to say anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I truly believe that. I believe that sometimes, even with relationships, we like, oh, we got to have closure. We have to really, really make sure we understand. Sweetie, I'm going to say what I, I got to say. And I'm going to say what the Lord tells me to say. And that is all I'm going to say. Because that's all I can say. And that's all I have to say. Right? So, you know, that's something else. Closure can be an open door. But that's a whole different situation. But um, going back to <laughs> Shanquilla Robinson. Um, I also want to mention even the tweets that um, I've, I saw like on my timeline when I looked up uh, her name on Twitter. Um, and I have a few tweets that I kind of want to quote. Um, this one girl said the Shanquilla Robinson story is proof um, of why you cannot be friends with someone who thinks you have it all while they don't. Um, their admiration turns into envy, then hate and eventually sabotage. That is real, man. Like I can't be close to insecure people. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying if you're insecure or oh, you can't sit with me, that is not what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying as far as being in like close, 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 close in my close knit circle. I don't know if I can do that because you know what I'm saying? I, I will, I will love on you. I will, I will, you know what I'm saying? Welcome you with, with, with welcome arms and loving arms and I, you know, help, you know, walk with you as you navigate, you know, insecurity and stuff like that. But what you're not going to do is say, oh, you think you're better than me or you have everything I don't. Oh, I'm about to plan your fall. That's that's just not what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So like it's so true. Like it's really, really true to 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 keep your eyes open on not only how your friends treat you, but how they treat other people, because how they treat other people is probably how they treat you when you're not looking and when you're not in the room. Um. And I love how she even said like their admiration turns into envy. That is so, 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 so real. Because I feel like even like we're in a world where like we admire, borderline idolize, you know, a lot of uh, beautiful women in the industry like Beyonce, like um, Rihanna, like all of these women that are drop dead gorgeous. They are beautiful, but help like let us not be angry (laughs) that we don't look like them. Or be confused because it's just like, um, how come I don't look like them? How come, how, do, how come I don't look like that? So either like channel it that way or even channel it like, no, I'm going to look like that. So I'm about to book my appointment with a plastic surgeon. Like that is that is what we cannot, you know, do. So, yeah. Um, somebody else said any one of us could have been Shanquilla Robinson. The core of the matter is people she called her friends orchestrated her death. Um, there are enemies who disguise themselves as friends, um, as loved ones. This sent a message to us all. That is real. Um, that is really, really real. Because like I said, we just can't be ignorant and be like, well, you know, well, she should have known. We should have like, let, let's stop because that could have easily been us. I know for me, I can definitely attest plenty of times where people that I called my friends or even church friends, <laughs> let's talk about it, church friends that did some shady stuff to me. <laughs> I'm saying, and and you know, I don't really understand to this day, but they did some shady stuff to me, right? So that could have easily, she could have easily been any of us. Um, somebody else said, "I pray Shanquilla Robinson knew there was a there was zero shame in retreating." Um, how is it okay to be a black girl who wants to love and not fight in a world where throwing hands is glorified? That's real. Like we we really really like. 
are in a world where like throwing hands and fighting like oh girl you know beat her butt and you gotta whoop that you know what i'm saying yada 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 like and even like key and cars you know when it's just who chat like that boy break up with you oh girl we about to key his car no i'm not because i ain't getting arrested for you and your emotions that's just not what i I love you sis and i will pray for you and when you want to when you want to really walk through these emotions of of the hurt and the you know we can do that but as far as us doing belligerent behavior and and getting ourselves arrested not i i love you but but i'm not going to jail for you sis (laughs) so yeah um so to end this episode um i wanted to bring it back to the bible um, because, you know, I feel like even when it comes to hatred and envy, we really don't think that, uh, nothing is new under the sun. That's actually a scripture, um, in the Bible that nothing, what's happening in the current time is nothing new, um, and is nothing different from what has previously happened. So I wanted to bring two popular stories that really talk about, um, what envy can actually cause envy and jealousy. And the two stories are the infamous story of Cain and Abel and Joseph um, and his brothers. So we're going to go back to Genesis 37. (laughs) And um, we're going to first read the story uh, very quickly, very shortly of Joseph, um, specifically when his brothers plotted um, to sell him to be shipped to Egypt. So um, Genesis 37 verse 18 says, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him, has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of the, their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying, without us laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. Verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a carving of camels in the distance coming toward them. The Bible has, you know, definitely challenges your speech and and pronunciation. Anyway, it was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromic resin from um, Gilead down to Egypt. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd had to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting them, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. (laughs) Can you imagine? Um, And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold sold him him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Um, So let's, you know, bounce a little bit backward a little bit more to the infamous story of Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. Um, let's start from verse 1. Genesis, Genesis 4 verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, 
Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out to the fields. And while they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, this is not funny, but it's actually very sassy. Um, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? I was like, wow. And I came with the sass, the Lord. <laughs> but no, I feel like even like, you know, when I read this story, specifically Cain and Abel, was actually, which is actually interesting because in my church, we're doing a, um, a series, a sermon series called Raising Cain and even addressing how the things that were in Cain are we allowed to be in us and we actually allow it to fester within us. But even in like in this story, like the Lord even said, you will be accepted um, if you do what is right. So it's like the Lord saw Cain's heart before he even laid a finger on his brother Abel. Like the Lord saw his heart and was like, you have anger, you have rage in your heart. So you think that you bring in offerings to me, I'm going to accept it. That's just not what I'm going to do, right? And that even goes to show that God knows your heart. Like you may not have killed that person or you may not have fought that person or slapped them or punched them like Shanquilla's murderers did, but you probably cursed them in your heart. I know, I know I for sure, <laughs> you know, a victim of that, right? And I do that a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to really bring these two stories to you. Definitely please read them on your own time and let the Lord speak to you about it. But I just want to bring it up just to say that, When it comes to envy and jealousy um, and allowing it to be the fuel to a murder and be the fuel to to senseless activity, it is nothing new under the sun. So with being called, right, because, you know, this podcast is called called by my name with being called by the Lord. (laughs) Think it not strange. Think it not strange when people hate you, think it not strange when people actually want to plot your demise, want to plot your downfall, think it not strange when there's a lot of resistance, when when people are uh, angry at you for nothing, like you're actually doing nothing, <laughs> but people are angry. Abel, homeboy was doing his job. <laughs> like He was being obedient to what the Lord told, told him to do and the job he had to do in the field, you know, and, and doing, you know, and really um, shepherding the sheep. And, and he got killed by his own brother. So thinking not strange when you are being called by Christ and you're being obedient. And that's what angers people. Cause you have to understand that's what angers the devil. Um, so, so yeah, y'all that's, that's pretty much what I have to say in this episode. I just want to end off by saying that really, really, yes, have wisdom with friends, but also allow God to walk you through your emotions. When you have emotions of anger, when you have your emotions of resentment, when you have your emotions of envy, envy, of jealousy, of entitlement, like allow God to, to help walk you through your emotions, right? Because God has given us emotions. So all of those feelings are valid. But when we do not open up to somebody and, and speak to somebody on it, 
those emotions can be the fuel to activity that we never thought we would partake in. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, we say, oh, man, like, you know, these uh, uh, victims could have been us. Like, we could have been the one shot. Yeah. But we often don't talk about what about if we could have, if we were the one behind the gun, the one holding the gun, the one aiming the gun and shooting people, right? Like, that, that's a real thing. People aren't, people aren't born murderers. People aren't, you know, born uh, uh, rapists. Like, that's just not, something is being fueled. Something is happening internally, right? I feel like a lot of times we underestimate what we're truly capable of um, when we allow the enemy to control our thoughts. So, yeah, y'all. So, that's all I pretty much wanted to say. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to someone. Talk to someone. Men, talk to someone. Please talk to someone. Um, even if it's just one person, <laughs> talk to someone. Have conversations. Express how you feel. Express your frustrations. Express your anger. Express it. Don't keep it in because it can be the fuel to things that we never thought that we would ever do. And I lastly wanted to, to end this and say that our silence as believers is actually what is killing people out here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, I hope that you learned something. I hope that um, uh, fire in you was ignited to whether um to speak on certain things to speak on this to say how you feel or to just talk to somebody about the emotions that you've been mustering inside of you or you know for God to even reveal to you um that envy or that anger that you had toward that friend or uh anything like that so I just hope that something was done internally in you as you were listening to this episode but as always please be sure to follow our Instagram at called by my name underscore um and like I always say please dm me and please 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 let me know how you guys um feel about this episode do you have anything to say about this whole situation child and 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 how how do you feel about it like where were you where you fit when you found this out um what were your initial thoughts what are your thoughts now how do you feel do you feel like you're wrestling with a lot of thoughts and emotions or even the freedom to say something because of our faith or, or stuff like that. I really want to hear what's going on um, and just what you think about this whole situation and also just the other uh uh, shootings and killings that are happening. It's unfortunate that I even have to say other, but, but yeah, I definitely want to know what's going on. Um, it looks like you guys really love the Chadwick Boseman <laughs> episodes. I love that. I actually really, really love doing episodes like this where I talk about current events and tie it into the Bible. I think this is actually my new groove now. Like, I don't know. I actually really, really like it, but, um, but I hope you guys know this episode and I love you. I love you so much. Bye.